Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome to the Zero Weakness Podcast, Season 3. I'm excited. We're excited. How do we survive this long, guys? <laughs> it's been a journey. It's that's, been a journey. That's your go-to line when you don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm excited. We're excited. I'm why just excited you, all the time. Why are you speaking on behalf of, of us? Yeah, don't I've speak been here me. since season one. <laughs> OG. You're, a, you're the done, OG. I've done one episode per season. Have you? Yep. He's been on twice. Oh, wow. Third time's a charm. They might have both been in the same season. They were both terrible. Yeah. <laughs> First one was okay. Second one was bad. But in all seriousness, welcome back to, like Daniel said, season three of the Zero Weakness podcast. Uh, we got special guests alongside myself and Tombro. We got Toby, the big dog. Yo. And we got a Daniel Carpenter. Not so special guest. <laughs> the president no, he of said APL. special guests. Mm. It just didn't roll off the tongue very enough. People clearly. can rewind it. Sorry. Uh, president of the APL and elite power lifter. That's right. That's what you call yourself, eh? What's yes. your dots? That's what everyone else calls me. <laughs> elite. Um, I don't know. Some is six, 600, 600 or something. I don't know. <laughs> Numbers don't mean anything. Arbitrary measure of resistance. <laughs> That's right. You might have put female into the calculator when you did that. Just double check. Oh, yeah. Probably. I've done that at comps where I've been like, something's wrong with the dots here. <laughs> then you work out that either the person's been entered wrong on the screen as like a female or a male. Yeah. Where the dots is like way too high or way too low. Or you're like trying to calculate and you're like, what? That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I went to a comp recently and then like half the people that were entered were all entered. I'm watching the dots. I'm like, what the f- these are outrageously high and then i like looked into it and i was like there's no way and then like half the people have been entered in the wrong gender yeah so the dots are all like stuffed it's because on open lifter when you press the next lifter it just puts it in as whatever the previous lifter was oh right and so it's just easy when you got five million people to enter to overlook it all right what have you guys been up to welcome back it's the new year yeah happy, happy new, new year Year's. yeah happy new year everybody what have Tom- i been up to yeah toby mm, just on holidays at the minute. It's been so good. I got till the 15th off, which is wild. Got what? three weeks off. That's yeah, ridiculous. About, you know, working hard, hardly working kind of stuff. <laughs> like your whole organization has a, until the 15th off? Yes. Or? So my last day was the Thursday before Christmas, the 21st or something like that. You're going to come back to work and your company's bankrupt. Oh, eh? I've been sleeping till 8.30. Like, you know, I don't know how they're doing it. All these unemployed people. Man, I love it. So good. <laughs> Living the dream. Might just get on Centrelink. See how we go. <laughs> Um, no, just Christmas was good, nice and quiet. That was cool. New Year was cool. Went to Wildlands. That was amazing. Nice, nice. Went and had a boogie with some with some friends. So nice. That was cool. Very nice. Very grateful for my friends, actually. Oh, very grateful for my inner circle of friends. Nice segue into <laughs> the gratefulness. See, Toby actually listens to the podcast. Yeah, but you can't segue when no one else has answered the question yet. Oh, now I'm sorry. Now you've just dominated <laughs> well, the whole thing. Oh well, we'll come back to me. <laughs> We'll come back to me then. This What's is what else been up to? This is what happens when you give Toby a mic. He's just like, yep, time to shine, baby. He is good on a mic. That's yeah. right. Don't mind a talk stick. <laughs> talk stick. <laughs> Daniel, He's checking ha- his pre-recorded notes. He's like, <laughs> How was your Christmas, Daniel? Yeah, it was sick. I hung out with Toby and Michelle. <laughs> nice. Christmas was good. We uh, trained that morning. I stuffed my back really bad and I couldn't walk for a bit. But that was cool because I pushed through and kept training the rest of my session. And then it felt good the next day. Well, it got better and better over the course of the week. And now we're back to business. What, what were you doing? Deadlifting? Yeah, stiff leg deadlifting. Ooh. And it was just too heavy. I was just like, oi, we should go real heavy. Or well, was mildly heavy. But I was like, we should go real heavy to see what we can do. And then after the third rep, I was like, oh, 
Oh, fuck this. What <laughs> was it? Back. Watches trained by JP once. <laughs> yeah. Well, watches trained day. by JP all Every the time. <laughs> He's so thick. He's it's like so big. Thickness goals. Yeah. yeah. What weight was it? 230. That's pretty heavy <laughs> stiff leg. Yeah. Ask, he, ask him what he was doing. 270. Yeah, I, I bet. Two, 270 for five. Probably <laughs> off a deficit. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't off a deficit. That's it was, disgusting. It wasn't beltless though. So like it doesn't even count. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Mine was beltless. You wore a belt. Yeah. Rookie. I know. I could have done 270 if I was beltless. <laughs> but I had a belt, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but JP doesn't wear a belt, so I didn't wear a belt. This yeah. is Who's JP? Jordan Peters. He's a bodybuilder out of the UK. He runs oh, a yeah. company called, a coaching company, like a bodybuilding business called uh, Train by JP. Yeah, right. And they've got two gyms over there as well. Is he who, who your inspo is training-wise at the moment? 100%. Bro, you don't yeah. even need to see one video, and then he'll be your inspo too. Bro, he's mental. He dis- yeah. Like conventional deadlifts, like 340 for five. Easy. Just a nugget. <laughs> Just a this. massive dude. Why have I never heard of this dude? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but like, look at the weight that he's lifting. He kind of looks like Stephen Bradshaw. <laughs> look at him. Yeah. If you told me that was Stephen Bradshaw, I'd be like, yeah, that's nuts. It's like a midget version of Stephen Bradshaw. What the? 340 for five. How tall is this bloke? for five. He looks tiny, eh? Like short. Yeah, probably five, six or something. Yeah, right. What a freak. Five six wide. <laughs> do you know five who, six wide. Um, do you know who got some airtime on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast the other day? Tom yeah, Hav- Tom Haviland. Yeah, yeah, really. They went on about him for ages. I as know, well. bro. And then they see like, but then they missed up the Jailhouse Strong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. Yeah, he got lots of airtime. I was yeah. like, that's really cool. He is nuts. Yeah, he does some crazy stuff. Mm. What about you, Tom, bro? What have you been up to? We got hit by a tornado, so that mm. was fun. Oh yeah, you had no power for how long? Like three or four days. Ooh. Yeah. We had a big branch hit the hit the roof and take out a bunch of tiles. And then we got it patched up, but it couldn't hold up with the rain the other day. So we had water, water pouring full through the ceiling. That was fun. Oh, just what they need. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah, I saw heaps of photos. Of, heaps of people got damaged. Mm. Yeah. We were lucky compared to like Caro's whole, her house got struck by lightning and it ripped off a antenna and like pulled the roof with it. And so everything came through the ceiling. Uh, they were just sitting in the living room. The whole ceiling just collapsed in. And crazy. Yeah, I spoke to her this morning. She's getting a new house. A whole new house? Yeah. Well, like they're demolishing it. Uh, I, I think I think so. Yeah, she's getting a brand new house. I'm guessing it's that fucked. Well, all the water damage and all that on the carpet, like you're going to mm. have to rip the whole thing in anyway. Surely not a whole new structure though. Oh, I, I don't know. She just said new house. Probably just gutting the whole thing, mm. redoing the roof and everything too. Yeah, fire out. Because they've put her in like a apartment in the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, what a stitch up though, eh? <laughs> Could you imagine if that happened to you? All right, uh, we'll get your emergency accommodation four hours away. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. She's <laughs> looking at like a holiday though, so she's enjoying it. Yeah, she works from home. Mm. Oh. How's, what, about, what about you, James? Um, what did I do? I've been off work since the 23rd. Yeah, first day back today. Noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ship sunk. <laughs> Wait, did you think I was back yesterday? I did, and then I checked my email, and then I was like, oh, no, he's back tomorrow. Because I thought that I was like, I wonder if he thinks I'm back uh, yesterday. Um, no, I just I had lots of fun, despite the weather. Like, I just did what I wanted to do, just reset, go to the beach, take my hang out with my dog, hang out with Bridget, hang out with uh, all my friends, partied a little bit, uh, caught up with some mates from Sydney, and, uh, yeah, it was cool. I had a really good break. Well, hang on. 
Did you see James over the break? Because he just said, I hang out with all my friends. But <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see him. No, but James does this thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to come and hang out with you guys. I'm going to come to this place. And it just he just continues doing that. And I think he's just going to continue doing it for the rest of his life and just never show up anywhere. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, I missed that one. Oh, man, I was so pumped for that. Oh, you know me. I'm James. I love that partying scene. But no, I forgot all about that one. <laughs> I really don't like partying. I don't know how you keep up with your- You literally just said you party. With your friendship commitments. Because I swear you're the most connected person on the Gold Coast. <laughs> anyone who's ever come here being like, oh, yeah, I know James. Or <laughs> like anyone that ever comes up in conversation, you'll be like, oh, yeah, he's one of my mates. Or, yeah, I went, I worked with him at Converse or wherever. You just know everyone. It's, uh, it, was, uh, it was good, though, because I'm not uh, like, you know, I'm not that. I haven't been that social recently. Uh, so it was good to, you know, get it all out of my system. Mm. And then I can go back to my shell. Yeah, it's so good to make plans with people and not go. <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> Biggest flake in Australia. <laughs> but no, I had a really good time. I trained about five times in December, so I'm uh, pretty keen to get the ball rolling again. You just you got to condition people around you. Like people don't invite me anywhere anymore because they're like, ah, oh, he'll say no. <laughs> so I just don't get invited anywhere. It's ideal. <laughs> Like, nah, don't bother asking him. He's going to say it. Or people start the sentence with, I know you're not going to come, but if you want to. Like, yeah. Well, how do you respond to that? You're like, thanks. And you're right. I'm not Thanks coming. for thinking of me, but I'm so good. No, just red at 9.35 a.m. Thumbs up. K-Dot. Uh, K-Dot. All right. Well, we know what Toby's grateful for because he jumped the gun. James, what are you grateful for, my brother? Uh, grateful for... Another, this sounds so fucking corny because it's New Year's and whatnot, but just grateful for another year of uh, new opportunities. Yeah, that was corny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but I'm uh, yeah, very grateful for a new year, a fresh start. I know it's fucking, you know, it's just, you know, there's so many resolutions and that, but I like the idea of a resolution. Yeah, it's, it's like fine. your intentions are good. Do you, you have a resolution? Um, one thing, I always talk about this. I'm so bad nutrition-wise. Like I eat good like 80% of the time. But I've never really uh, been in shape to – no, I shouldn't say that because I feel like I'm always in shape. But always like, in shape. Yeah, I've never really been like lean and like had abs. So I think uh, my resolution – no, I think – this is the first time I'm actually going to hold myself accountable nutrition-wise. Like I think the longest I've gone was when I was with uh, Rochelle. Yeah. And well, – yeah. Well, it's not you being ha- – it's not you holding yourself accountable. The entire podcast is going to hold you accountable now. Every single week when they see you, you're going to – Check in, tell them how good you're doing. We're going to hear it all the way until you start just doing the podcast shirtless. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> my week, week eight, I've just I've got no shirt on. <laughs> just acting like nothing's happened. Um, yeah, so that's my resolution. I've actually uh, started, it's fucking, you know, 75 hard? No. It's that? like a, uh, it's by Andy Frizzella. It's just a challenge thing mm. for 75 days. Just no, uh, I'll read it out to you. I'm not an advocate of uh, challenges because they, you know, they create uh, short-term habits. But this is what I need right now. So for 75 days, you have to work out twice a day for 45 minutes. One of those workouts has to be outdoors. Uh, walking my dog counts as a workout. Sure. Uh, second workout yeah, will hard. be in a gym or jiu-jitsu. Hard walking that dog. <laughs> <laughs> that dog walks you. Uh, 10 pages of reading, drink one gallon of water, follow a diet, no cheat meals or alcohol. 75 days. So Smoke yeah. show. Easy yeah. as. Well, not are, for me, brother. Are you going to do all of them? <laughs> What's that? Are you going to do all of yep. them? Yep. Mm. How are you going to keep up with your like lifestyle, like partying and all that? With, well, all your, with no alcohol? Like, how are you going to do it? 
No, I, I need a. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge back when to, I get back there. Back to being a flake, baby. <laughs> <laughs> New Year. There's always 2025. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's mine. That's my resolution. Nice. And my grateful. Nice. What about you, Tom, bro? Uh, I'm grateful that we didn't get that affected by all the storms and stuff. Like compared to other people. You remember Josh Wiseman? Yep. Their house got completely flattened. Oh, because he's in Tambourine. Tambourine, yeah. And that, that place is like no power, no running water for like a month. Oh, poor bloke. Yeah, so they're, they're messed up up there. Jesus. Because it's crazy. Worse. Poor guy. Damn. Feels weird saying tornado. Because at first when they're like, oh, it was a tornado. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's like photos and videos of it. You're like, it was an actual tornado. Yeah, it's crazy. It's real weird because you're used to seeing storms where like the trees are all going one way. And then you see it and it's like trees are going everywhere. That's because oh. when the wind's like 200 kilometers or something, like how do they fucking uproot trees the size well the ones that you see on the ground and shit? Something stupid like that, yeah. That's crazy because, you know, you see people drive their cars into, no, well, you don't see them, but, <laughs> you know, when people drive their cars into trees and their car gets totaled and the tree's still standing there. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Mm. What are you grateful for, Daniel? I'm grateful to be on this podcast with my two best friends and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who got the cut there? <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> hurts me deeply. Because uh, I have hair. <laughs> and it's See coming it? in hot. Yeah, yeah, it's you're the only hot. one. Yet again, my New Year's resolution is to grow more hair. <laughs> <laughs> Take a quick trip to Turkey. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have, yeah. Have you looked into it? No, I haven't looked into it, no. Actually, one of the guys I work with, he's like, does all the shading in that for us. He's like a Bosnian dude. Mm. And he's like, we should go to Turkey and like get hair transplant. I was like, bro, I got hair. He's like, no. You don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you like speak for yourself, mate. Yeah. He's like, we've got the same thing, this thing. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Man. I got so much hair. It's funny when people were like, uh, like you know how he just included you into. Yeah. Someone at Jiu Jitsu did that to me. He's like, you know, bro, us chubbier fellas. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, bro. Yeah, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Did you say us? <laughs> uh, then this was when I was feeling real good too. I was like, wait, hang on. Yeah, feel, feeling yourself and then someone just comes yeah. and cuts you down. Did he just call me chubby? <laughs> Not even stocky. He said chubby. <laughs> and that led to your news resolution. Yeah, here I am. Flake season. <laughs> yeah, he didn't read out the one that's like co- cut toxic people out of your life. <laughs> so that guy's first on the list. <laughs> like on uh, Billy Madison where he's crossing out all the names <laughs> and putting yeah. lipstick on. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. What Quotes. we normally do as well, Daniel, we do a quote. So you come to the program or the show, whatever you want to call it, prepared with a quote. Toby, you're going to kick us off, brother? Oh, yes. I do have a quote. Unlike everybody else, I didn't look at my phone because I was already prepared. Oh. It's from my good friend from Hell Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson. Nice. Nothing and everything is possible. Is what? Is possible. Okay, I like it. Yeah, he makes up words. <laughs> and they're very inspirational. I, I like it. What about you, Tom, bro? Well, to commemorate Toby being on and being a plasterer, I looked up a plastering quote. Plaster thick, some will stick. Ooh. It's probably bad plastering advice. Very bad plastering advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's how I'm still on a job, so that works out all right. <laughs> all right, Daniel, what's your quote? Uh, I actually got a quote from you this morning, James. So <laughs> James hit me with this quote and he was like, yeah, now that I'm starting this 75-day challenge, I've been writing on my mirror every morning, <laughs> train insane or remain the same. You're full of shit. <laughs> Bro, that's Affirm- literally what you said. Tra- I remember as like a 21-year-old when I heard that, though, I was like, that is sick. 
Yeah. So, and unreal. then you wrote it on your mirror. No, and then, I and then you got it on a picture of Goku and it was like train and Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or stay the same. Uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> your energy is currency. Spend it well. Invest it wisely. Nice. Very good. Damn. Mm. Nice. It's different after you've had four days of no power at home. <laughs> <laughs> energy is very, very powerful. Fuck. Did you stay at home well, like, when you had no aircon and fan? No, like the the first night was horrible. Like Christmas night is when it all went out and I was in bed. I'd just gone to bed. And so when you're wearing a CPAP and the power goes off, it like does oh. the opposite. Instead of helping you breathe, it feels like you're being choked. <laughs> so like it went out and I'm like, <coughs> I'm like oh, cool, power's out. Then, you it know, doesn't like have a battery in it? No. Nah. Oh. No, no, no. So you know when the power normally goes out, it's like, oh, it's out. And then 10 or 15 minutes later, it's no, never normally that Mm. It just comes sometimes back. it comes yeah. on straight away it's like yeah it'll come on soon it's like half an hour an hour like okay tonight's gonna suck so tried opening all the windows that did nothing upstairs so went downstairs and just slept on a couch next to the open door that did nothing it's just so fucking hot and muggy and gross how are the dogs they're fine they don't mind they're the dogs they don't care yeah they didn't care about this lightning and shit nah. and then the next few days we went to Meg's mom's place uh, yeah. and just stayed there so we had aircon and stuff How's Bridget was like, did I um sleep through the storms? I was like, the storms are going all night. <laughs> so she just didn't know they were going on. Oh. Mm. She was dead set. We're like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. Was was I asleep? I was like, no. They were like literally from like 5 p.m. Just wake up in the morning and it's like carnage outside. It's like, <laughs> oh, what happened? <laughs> it was pretty crazy though. Like when it went out, I got out of bed and I was just looking out, out the window for ages. It was like daytime outside. Mm. Like the, because the lightning wasn't just like on and off. It was just like it's like a light. It was flicker. so bright, eh? Hey? Yeah. Mm. yeah, that might be. The, is that the worst weather the Gold Coast has ever seen? I don't know. It's pretty bad. I think it might be. The other night and all the rain as well. One of the like LED downlights in the bedroom just started flickering on and off, and it wouldn't stop. I had to like pull it out of the roof and unclip it. Yeah, it was real scary. My house is like a ghost was there going. That's the worst. That's possessed. Yeah, my house is leaking. Just got a few buckets and towels. Yeah, gross. Mm. Same. It is what it is. Nice. All right. <clears throat> well, introduce Toby, because people are probably like, the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Everybody knows who I am. <laughs> Come on. The big dog. You've been referenced multiple times. Yes. Right, you t- might be one of the strongest raw powerlifters in the entire APL at the moment, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That is. Mm. Nice. Yeah, had a pretty good, pretty good comp the other day. It was all right. What'd you hit? I hit a three fifteen squat, which was a massive PB, which is so good. Um, a one seventy bench and a three hundred and forty kilo deadlift. Huge. Yeah, that's killer, bro. Well done. It went eight for nine. Just missed my third bench. Just. Yeah. So Daniel was actually spotting me. Oh well, like he handed me out or whatever, and I was struggling, and he's like, "Take it, take it, take it," because he didn't want me to sm- mess my back up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Take him, save him, stop." <laughs> Wait, just as you was about to lock it out, I take it. Yeah, just trying to sabotage yeah. it. Just as the arm racks it. I'm like, uh, not too heavy. Throwing the white towel. All right, so where are you from, Toby? I'm from a little town in country New South Wales called Cowra. Cowra. So for people that don't know where Cowra is, I always say, oh, it's just near Bathurst. Because everyone knows where Bathurst is because of the Bathurst 1000 and whatnot. But lately I've been saying, oh, it's near One Strength. Because oh, like, yeah, yeah. all the powerlifters know where One Strength is because that's, that's where that big comp was held. So, yeah, it's like there's probably eleven or 12,000 people in Cowra. So, 
And you moved here in 2021? 2022. January 2022. And because uh, mm. you've known Tombo for a while, haven't you? Yeah, it's been... I got coached from Thomas like 2018 or was 20... Earlier, no, yeah, earlier yeah. 2016 maybe. I'd say 16, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, wow, um, you got coached... You coached them for ages. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a guy from Cairo, Trav Nash, he started getting coaching from Thomas and I was just like, I was boxing and I had a bad shoulder and it used to just like dislocate all the time boxing because it was just so like erratic and all that sort of stuff. And I was just looking for something to be competitive in and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, oh, just give this powerlifting a go. So I just emailed Thomas and said, hey, you know, I'm get some coaching and all that sort of stuff and yeah the rest is history i suppose that's yeah. it you destroyed it playing rugby right i just like so i heard it playing yeah playing footy it was so i remember i made a break and i got tackled from behind and my elbow like hit the ground um and it like jarred it and all that and the coach was like oh no you'll be right whatever that's like you should be sweet and then like kept playing and i remember i made another break because i'm a gun <laughs> i made another break and stepped on the inside and then like threw my shoulder up to like stabilize myself and it like dislocated mm. and i was like running like this ended up scoring a try mm. and like put the ball in with one hand and the coach was like oh you don't put the ball down with one hand and whatever what's going on here <laughs> and then like turns out my shoulder was dislocated what position did you play uh i crossed between lock and second row yeah, so on the edge, big mobile boy <laughs> on the edge, hitting the holes yeah. and whatnot. Running those courage lines? Yeah, pretty much. Nice, nice, nice. Trying, nice. To, trying to axe people, <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, I want to find an old video of Toby's squat so you can see how fucked his shoulder was. Yeah, it was like... It used to like sit like real weird and high and... So I couldn't like retract. I couldn't like retract my shoulder blade at all. So it used to just sit forward and then my arm was back like this. So then my wrist was really like... Oh, it was, but it was only one side. Yeah. So then the other side looked alright, but then this side was like cooked. Was your arm so sore on that side? No, because I just used to wear wrist wraps, and it was like you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A messenger is not working properly. But yeah, it just was like it was so bad. Yeah. But so I actually came up here, Michael Hubert. I came up to see Thomas. Yeah. Met Thomas for the first time, and yeah, Goobs just did some dry needling and all that sort of stuff, which I never had before. Gave me some exercises, and then just worked really hard at it, and yeah, no, I squat fine. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So you moved up to Queensland to train at zero. Pretty much. So I wanted to move away from Cara because like a small town, there's not much going on. And I if I didn't want to move to Canberra or something like that because I wanted to just get coached by zero. And I didn't want to like move to Canberra, pay rent in Canberra and then still pay for coaching. So mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, I'll just move up here. Mm. And yeah, just ended up finding a job pretty easy. So I actually went to Darwin for a plastering thing. It was like a plastering apprentice challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so two people from each state, we went up to Darwin and competed in this plastering challenge. I had to make a crocodile out of plasterboard. So you're a competitive plasterer as oh, well. Wait, hold like the brag. phone. Do you have a photo of this crocodile? I have a photo. My phone's downstairs. But yes, I do have a photo of this crocodile. It's pretty hectic. Have you seen it, Daniel? I have. And it's not like... It's not like a cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's definitely a cartoon crocodile. It's not like real scaly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a lifelike crocodile. Okay. No, so they just made they just made it and they painted it up and made menu boards for cafes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I went up there and then they had like a bit of a conference as well. Wait, and is it is it three D or is it just like you cut it the shape of a crocodile? So it's three it's three D, but it's like a side view. So like the crocodile goes around like that, and then we had to like sheet around the inside of it all okay. and all that like sort of the stuff. Outline of a crocodile. Yeah. Like an outline of a crocodile standing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was cool. So then I met my boss there so there was like a plastering award ceremony and they did like all this fancy plaster work and i just went up to him and said hey man i'm toby nice to meet you and like love your work and all that sort of stuff he's like oh if you're ever in brisbane just come and like we'll give you a job and then that was like in 
man, that was in around the same time we started getting coaching. It was in 2015 or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so then I ended up finding his, <coughs> yeah, just found his number or something like that and just rang up and, yeah, got a job and then I still work there now. Did he remember you? Yes. Were you yeah, like, he hey, I'm the crocodile guy? No, I was just like, hey, I'm Toby. I met you in Darwin. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Okay. He was probably lying. <laughs> I wasn't that memorable. <laughs> so so talk us through, and so what's your involvement now in Zero? So I do a little bit of coaching, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much I'm just like the Southside resident funny man, yeah, I would nice. say. Just come in and just say hey to everybody, you know, just talk smack, um, train. That's it. Yeah, you know? solid. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's cool. Nice. Tell us about your weight journey. Man. I was a big dog at one stage. <laughs> I was one big boy. So I was just like, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to lie. I thought I was the fucking man. <laughs> I was you like, said that. You thought you looked good, I eh? Was, I was like, man, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. <laughs> so I remember I did my first comp. I did a novice comp at Warrior Performance in Sydney. And I was 110.4, I think. And then four months later, I was 122. And then I was still around 122 for a little bit. And then... I reckon I had a week off from work and just, I reckon I gained five kilos in it. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> and then I did a couple of comps at 136 I was. Your boy watched one too many West Side video. One too many West Side <laughs> videos because like weight moves weight, baby. <laughs> you know how it is. I, just, um, I remember like you came on board with nutrition with me and I think you were high 110s, like as in like 117 or yeah. 120 or so. And we got back down to 110. You're like, yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. And then- you stopped nutrition and then you came back for nutrition ages later. And I think you stopped coaching for a little while, like had a little break or something. Yeah. You came back for coaching and nutrition and you sent through all the info and it was like 130. And I'm like, is this a typo? Like 113? <laughs> like, no, nah, 130. Uh, yeah, and then problem. you lost heaps of weight again. And then same thing happened. And then I caught up with you at a comp and you were like 140-ish. Yeah. I was like, He's a big boy. Yeah. So I there's photos from my brother's wedding and it's like my head is just fucking round. As, <laughs> it's like I've got this bow tie on and my shirt's all, cold, uh, all buttoned up and it's just like this fucking dome <laughs> hanging at the top. And I remember I just said like, nah, I don't need to be this heavy. Like just drinking beers all the time with the boys and all that sort of stuff. Just getting real heavy. And yeah, just got in contact with Thomas. He said, oh, Rochelle's the one that does our nutrition now. I was like, yep, yeah, cool. No worries. My goal was I wanted to get to under 125 and then build back up to 140. <laughs> 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 but like be fucking jacked. And then turns out I got to 108 and I still was not that lean. And then, yeah, it's just been hanging around there. So now I'm sitting around 118 or something like that. And What was the starting weight? One th- I reckon I got to 140. I definitely yeah. reckon I got to 140. So, what, yeah. What's the heaviest, just on there, what's the heaviest you guys have been? I reckon and that was probably the heaviest, 140, I reckon. Because I competed at 136 and then a couple of weeks later I was like starting nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I reckon I definitely got to 140. Yeah, right. So What about you, Tom, bro? Like 124, 124. as an mm-hmm. adult. I was like 122 when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. When were you 124 as an adult? Uh, Pro Raw 12. Yeah, right. Something like that. What about you, Daniel? Man, the heaviest I ever got was like, just above 110 really maybe like 115 at max mm-hmm. but it was when i was like young so i was like 19 and stuff like that 18 yeah it's right. like same thing with toby it's like toby you were up to like whatever 140 or whatever recently before the comp what'd you get up to like 120 yeah i weighed in at 114 but i cut a little bit of weight down to that but i was 120 yeah but like you look he's, good he's 120 yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like very different body composition the 120 to that 120 it's like night and day difference mm. like yeah. I just got a big butt. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah, your legs have gotten gigantic. Yeah. Everything has. Yeah, yeah, your arms are huge too. Yeah, he pushes every pair of shorts to the limit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thanks. For, I should get sponsored by Cotton On because they've been really helpful lately. <laughs> I think yours is very impressive though because like when you see Fat Daniel, you'd be like, that guy's 140 for sure. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. You must have you must have light bones. All my weight, frame. all my weight just goes to my stomach mm. and like or in that general area. Like I could be like, gain heaps of weight my stomach be massive and i'll still have like veins in my legs and my arms like it just like it doesn't go anywhere else it's the dream yeah <laughs> that is a dream i um the heaviest i got was 94 kilos but it was just all my face and my stomach i get it like the tits my gut and my face and i just had the i got pretty skinny legs so i just look like a keg on legs <laughs> eh? i remember there was a video i think you sent it to me one time tom bro and i was I must have been still rehabbing my Achilles. So I was limping and I had my belt undone. I was just walking around the gym and I, I just looked like a little fridge on legs. Eh? It was so bad. I was like, fuck. My favorite is when we recorded those videos at Southside uh, during lockdown. And like you, you had your, you had your shirt tucked in. You had a funny haircut at the time. You just looked like a fat little Mexican. <laughs> I actually did. I couldn't believe that. I was like, "Fuck off!" That's me. And I was like, like fat as fuck with a mustache. <laughs> did you have like, like the button up shirt on with just the top button done up and like the the tank top hanging at the bottom? I just remember being so. I remember when Tom, I remember when Tom Bro sent it to me. I was so gut. I was like, "Fuck off!" I actually looked like that. I was like, "Yeah, I get." It blows me away sometimes because I, like I said, I thought I was fucking. I thought I was good. Mm. I was like, man, what, I'm so strong. Like I'm crushing it. And then like, I look back at all photos and it's like, man, you are not good. I think I've said this on the podcast before. So when I got into powerlifting, I think I was like 72, 73, 74 kilos. And I was slowly putting on weight and I got to like 80 kilos and people were commenting, fuck yeah, you're getting bigger. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting bigger. I got to like 83. I felt like I was getting bigger and I got to like 86, 87. And then I remember one of my mates at work made a fat joke to me. And all the girls go, oh, don't be mean. And I was like, wait. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. They actually think you're sensitive. Yeah, I was like, wait, I'm at that point now. I'm no longer just getting bigger. I'm just fatter. Man. I think the worst thing is, is like, you know, when I got lean a couple of years ago, when you're going through that process and you're looking at yourself, you're like, I'm still so fat. Yeah. You're you like taking photos it. and then you get to this now. And then I look at those photos. I'm like, I just wish I could look like that again. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Like on the way down, you just every single day, you're like, you're not happy with it, not happy with it. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, fuck, why like, was I not happy with it? It's, it's like, time. I'm losing muscle. I'm just getting smaller. Like, yeah, I just look small insane. and weak and my shirts just look like baggy on me now. Well, as a wise man once said, the dysmorphia be dysmorphin. <laughs> <laughs> it be dysmorphin. Oh dear. So uh, that's enough about you, Toby. Yeah. Daniel. Me. Yeah, so I've never been a plasterer. Um, <laughs> actually, he's helped, a actually oh, he, fuck. He, Daniel no. has helped oh. me do a plastering job. Uh, was, we, so we went and did um, Axiom's, wall, like they built a wall around at the Zero yeah. Brisbane gym. And Daniel came to help me. So Daniel, you can tell the story. Worse. It's because <laughs> he's not used to no, being the boss. No, 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 no. I'm more than happy to help him. I'm more than happy to give a hand. But he starts this. talking to me like I'm his fucking apprentice. <laughs> so he's just like, normally he just talks to me normal. Never call me like mate or anything. But the whole time he's like, yeah, Gemma, just grab that uh, tape measure there, mate. And uh, just uh, measure up that wall there, mate. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking to me like this? It was like uh, completely changed. You like gotta be in like, character. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally in character. Sometimes you gotta spell it out for people. No, it was horrible. The, the job itself was fine. It was just like he was talking to me like, yeah, nah, just grab that sheet there, mate. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, we should have made him come and rip out that fucking thing instead of you. Yeah, well, he wasn't here at the time. 
Yeah. So that was so dodgy. That feel, was very dangerous. I feel like I'm so Daniel's the one that fixes everything, and I'm just like the two I see now that just like passes in the drill and shit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But what's uh what's been happening with you, Daniel? In life? Yeah. Are you, um, you're still. When's the last time you competed in powerlifting? Christmas Cup. Christmas Cup. Oh, sorry. It just sorry, was just so memorable. It was, it was just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Your last couple of comps you've done really well at. Like mm. AP, the New South Wales States, you went nine for nine. I, every single sanctioned comp I've ever done, I've gone eight for nine and missed my third bench press. And the last two I've gone nine for nine. Yeah. I've never missed a squat. I've never missed a deadlift. It's so crazy that we no, started training together then. You've gone off and on ever since we started training together. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Lucky I got that third bench. Yeah, man. <laughs> struggling before that. It's the numbers selection. That's <laughs> what it is. Wait, did you get your three squats and deads at Worlds? You, yeah, you did. Oh, actually, I forgot oh. about that. Sorry, Worlds, that's a Worlds lie. wasn't a good day. <laughs> well, if you go on open powerlifting, what happens is somebody sorted my name and they saw that comp and they saw it was in America, so they removed it from my name on open powerlifting. <laughs> so now that comp is actually gone from my history. So it doesn't exist. Really? Yep. Oh, there you go. I can get it back, but I don't want to. Because <laughs> it was so bad. Well, you, you got the fucking short end of the stick. They put you with like five yeah. ju juicy ass women. Yeah, in a flight of six people. Mm. And then all the other 110s were in their own flight having a party on the other side of the room. <laughs> also, yeah, competing on the other side of the country is a horrible thing. On the other side of the world, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, because you're trying to max out at like three in the morning. That's true. Wait, so your last... You only compete in sleeves now? Yeah, I switched to sleeves for the last two comps. Yeah. Is that a yeah. permanent thing? Yeah, sleeves is way cooler. Yeah? Yeah. Did you find that uh, helped with your arm pain and things like that or not really? Um, yeah, th Yes, but I think the thing that helped with my arm pain is I've been telling everyone else to switch to sleeves as well, so now I'm not wrapping like 100 sets of knees. <laughs> yeah. Leading into Worlds, there was one competition where I wrapped 100 individual knees in one session, like in one like two or three hour window. What, a hundred individual knees or? Like one knee, two knees, hundred. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So like 50 pairs of knees. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Gross. Yeah. What's I think the that's you've what done, Thomas? the most. Hey? What's the most you've done? 158. Pairs of knees. Like yeah. Nationals 2000. Pairs of knees or individual yeah. knees. That would have been individual. I don't know. Actually. Can't remember. That'll be. I just remember the number 158. Right. I just <sighs> remember numbers. Like Daniel's. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was going to say his pin number. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Why well, in case someone steals my phone or something? Yeah, it's got a one and a five and two nines. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> you can uh, work it out from there. There's about, I don't know how many combinations if you got four numbers. I remember one time, Tom, bro, your laptop was locked and you're somewhere else. And so I just went and unlocked it and you came in and you go, how do you know that? I'm like, you got the same pin for everything. <laughs> <laughs> got to remember. Reliability. <laughs> Oh, um, sorry. What were we talking about? Daniel's powerlifting career. What are you going to do comp-wise next, this year? Um, this year, I don't really plan to compete until maybe the end of the year. At, if I do, it'll be right at the end of the year. Um, I don't really have any interest in competing anytime soon. Just with... I guess all the plate full, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say, because it's just like the start of the year, APL is just getting bigger and bigger and <clears throat> zero is obviously busy as well. But um, just in terms of competitions, is like, man, with APL, there's like... 19 competitions in like eight weeks or something between like February 8th and April 30th, whatever that is, around that sort of window of time. Is that including like, April like 1st, the April 1st? Sorry, is that including the few that have been added in the last couple yeah, of so weeks? So that includes those as well. So it's 19 comps, yeah, crazy, yeah, it's gonna be so hectic. Are they all at different gyms as well? Yeah, Fuck. and how does that different. like how many comps did APL run all together last year? 30, 30 39 comps, I believe it was so. 
every year, yeah, APL is getting bigger. So every year, which is really cool, it's cool to see the last four years, the membership or the ma- the amount of people, yeah, membership, the amount of people that have actually, individual competitors that have competed has doubled every single year. Yeah. So like the r- random numbers, but it was like 150, 300, 600, 1200. Yeah. Like it just doubled like that every single year. So yeah, we got 1200 competitors last year, which was like 20 competitors short of being the biggest federation in Australia. So we just got beaten by another federation, um, but that federation's probably not going to do too good next year. So that's <laughs> cool with me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll, they'll crack more than 100. We'll see. I was going to say, I wanted to see, I thought there was a post where you crunched some numbers. Oh, uh, there is. Yeah, it's at the, lo- the last page of that post. Yeah, wow. So mm. let's read out some of these numbers. APL is the fastest growing federation in Australia. And we have... You all to thank for the growth. 2021, 267 lifters. 2022, 575. 2023, 1,173. That's competitors. So that's from open powerlifting. On the actual membership, there's like 1,200 or 1,300? Yeah, so there's more competitors. I think it says it in there too. So it's like, and then there's people that have competed multiple times. So if you, all of those like people that have actually competed, I think it's like 1,600. Yeah. Just shy of that? Yeah, 1,648. Just a little bit over that, yeah. What's crazy is 171 masters lifters. That's cool. How, how did you work that out? Open powerlifting. I just worked out how many, there was like 39 competitions or example, whatever it was. And then I worked out how many people competed in every competition and then just added it all together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Any big, uh, have you guys got any big plans for APL this year or anything? Yeah. So two nationals this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll have nationals in Melbourne, we have nationals in uh, Brisbane so we're hoping to make some big announcements over the, about those over the next coming weeks um, big prize money that we're going to hopefully be announcing so should be the biggest prize money of any national competition in Australia ever um, which should be really cool bigger than any prize money we've done with APL so far yeah that's awesome is the Zero Pro still happening? yep so Zero Pro as well so three major competitions mm. that's awesome yeah Zero Pro 2 as soon as we get our cool logo and next designing. Have you got a venue for Brisbane Nationals? Yes. Yes. So we've we've announced the venue already. We did a soft announcement on the venue because we were just waiting for the big announcement that included like the prize money and all that sort of stuff. We're going to make one big announcement. But we're going to host Nationals this year at the same venue we hosted last year. So that's the Multicultural Centre. Um, this will, yeah, we're going to run it again here. Um, after this year, we'll be looking to move drug tested nationals outside of Brisbane. So we'll take it to a different location. Um, but at the moment we're going to reuse the same venue. I mean, it's a fantastic venue. It was a big theater style with tiered seating all at the top. Yeah. It's, cool venue. Yes. Yeah, great. That's f- the dream venue. Yeah. It's great like to go to logistically a comp- as well. Yeah. It's great to go to a competition and not just see the back of someone's head when bench presses are going on or deadlifts are going sure. on. If you're in the third row back, you can't see anything like, yeah. Yep, um, yep, yep. And the smoke machine. Smoke machine, yeah. yeah. That was hectic. Blue minds. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, only, the only major downside to that venue is just like the warm-up space that we have. Mm, for sure. Which we've, we've made work and Daniel's innovation with the platform for the Zero Pro definitely made it better. And um, tell us about structuring the flight slightly different. Yeah, so at the last two competitions, we had 15 people in each flight. Um, so we had uh, three... Three flights in the morning, two flights in the afternoon. This comp we're going to be doing, can <clears throat> look at doing three flights and three flights. And as part of that, we're going to have it as maximum of around 12 people per flight. So in the actual warm-up room, there's going to be three less people. So on each, comp- on each combo, there's going to be three less competitors. Which is potentially six 
less people, maybe even more, once you cut out their handlers and that's right, yeah, all the other goobers that float in the back. Yes, yeah, so and just, Nationals was three and three. That's right, yeah. <laughs> they were nightmare days. Yeah, it was like ninety lifters in a day, so we're not going to go that high. Um, that got a bit extreme. That so was extreme. We still managed to get ninety lifters done from like eight till six, eight till s- roughly around that time. Yeah, we were getting out like seven thirty-eight once we'd packed yeah. up and everything. Yeah, ninety lifters in that short time is pretty intense. Moved fast. Mm. It's just hard to predict the timing so that so we had purposely at nationals announced the second session would announce uh, would start earlier than we thought it would, hoping that people would show up early so we could finish early and then start the next session earlier. But all it ended up doing is making making people be like, "Oh, these guys are just behind on time." <laughs> so yeah, we really, yeah. Didn't 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 foresee that happening. Uh, but you know, three three and three flights with fifteen each makes ninety people. But if you cut it to twelve people, it then goes seventy eight, which is the same amount of people almost as doing three flights and two flights like we normally do. Yeah. So timing wise, it should be quick and efficient and. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. All these major competitions that are APL host are getting better and better every one. Eh? I just keep thinking about you can't get any worse logistically than the uh, what's the one we did at uh, Novotel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was back spotting for the first session of that, and I was just like, man, like trying to do the rack heights and trying to do all the plates because obviously the technical difficulties and whatnot. Yeah, that was a fucking oh yeah day. that first day because we had tested all the electric electrical stuff the day before and it was fine and then on the morning none of it worked i just think like i'm just so grateful you know when we're setting up uh at the culture multicultural center how easy it is just to bring things inside like the yeah. trucks right there yeah. fuck yeah. the novotel had like elevators <laughs> staircases the works yeah we had it easy when we ran it in 2016 it was fucking monoliths <laughs> yeah yeah didn't Sucks. you i think maybe Shero said he had to like pull like pulling them up like the balcony or something no we carried them up the fucking stairs <laughs> but that like cage at the bottom i had that um the warlord at the time it had like 10 miller clearance on each side and we got stuck in the cage for like oh. through the doorway for maybe 20 minutes trying to balance this thing and get it through. And that was the first thing we unloaded and we were fucked after that. <laughs> and we had to do all the other monos and plates and- You probably want to do that first rather than- yeah. Imagine yeah. doing that last. Dragging a bunch of monos in for something like drug tested nationals would be just an absolute nightmare. Cause yeah. you got like, if you then take monos, you now need to take four monos, four bench presses, four deadlift platforms. Yeah. And we're always going to want to try and keep up the same quality that we've always had. So we couldn't want matching monoliths, matching bench presses, matching combos, matching bars, the whole works. Yep. And it would just be a nightmare. But I think with something like drug tested nationals, the rise of raw powerlifting has been so much bigger mm. that raps is starting to, I mean, around the world, it feels like raps is starting to fall behind a little bit. Um, sleeves are starting to become a lot bigger. So you're catering to the majority of the people anyway by hosting everything out of a combo. Mm. Yeah. Are there many people who still solely compete in uh, raps? There's plenty, but things like how APL's been run here is making the sport explode. And the majority of new people coming in, uh, drug tested, walked out, and sleeves. Mm -hmm. So the growth, if you look at numbers, it's just so much bigger. And on top of that, a lot of people who were previously monos and raps are moving away to walk out in sleeves as well. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick, but I remember I'll look up so I have the accurate number, but I'm pretty sure the amount of people that competed in sleeves versus wraps, it was like 900 versus 200 or something. Yeah, well. And it's hard because it's not like you can just say, see you later, those people. And we are, in APL, there is definitely draw now because of the monos, and not just because of having monoliths available, but also just 
being a standout federation that's being run really well and, and managed really well. There's a lot of people coming over from the likes of Capo and GPC uh, that are used to that style. But, but that said, lots of them are just straight up switching over to walking out in combos anyway. Yeah, so we had last year, James mentioned before, 1,175 lifters. Um, 255 competed in wraps. Mm. So obviously there's some people within that list that did bench press only and deadlift only. So take away 100, for example, it wouldn't even be that many, but take away 100. Yeah, 255 is what remains of people that do wraps. Whereas you look at powerlifting, I'm sure, years ago, that number would have been switched. Mm. Yeah, no one was doing the sleeves. I mean, yeah. when I first started, it was just GPC. And it was just like you do wraps and or you'd, like, you'd be well, under wraps anyway. You wouldn't really be under sleeves. Well, I think as well, it was a lot more segregated. So yeah. like when you say that, it's just because you were very disconnected from the PA world. Right. Because PA was always the strongest fed. Right. Even when GPC was at its brightest, PA was probably still near double, which is, which is what really stands out to me as the healthiest thing about the growth of APL is that even when GPC was its strongest, it was like 700 members. Right. Maybe 800. And then PA was like closer to 2,000. Yeah. Wilkes used to fudge the numbers, so it was probably more like 1,500 or something like that. To have APL in line or ahead of the IPF affiliate in Australia in 2023 just says it's absolutely crushing it. And if projections are anything to go by, it's just going to get crazier this year. I remember when I first started training at uh, PTC Gold Coast, I think there was probably only four or five of us that competed in sleeves or wanted to compete in sleeves. Yeah. That was also so much by design. It's like you wouldn't do non-PA in reps. Uh, sorry, you, you wouldn't do non-PA in sleeves. Mm -hmm. Like if you were competing GPC, you'd just do monolift and reps because that's what you did. But also you'd just follow whoever the, the leaders were. And so if you weren't PA, you are probably GPC. And so I was GPC because I couldn't be PA because it like just segregated my business plus Wilkes hated me. Uh, and so most people in the gym were just doing raps, monos, and that's the case across the country. You're either one or the other. Mm. Now there's a lot more like um, uniformity or that's not the right word, togetherness, I guess. Like people are accepting of other federations and everything like that. But then again, APL stands out because it allows you to do whatever you choose to do. Catering for everyone like yeah. definitely helps. But I think, yeah. And another thing too that I think is helping with sleeves on the rise is the new technology of sleeves is outrageous. Yeah. Not just that. And then you've got, you look at all these massive lifters that are doing crazy things in America. Who's the best male lifter in the world? John Hack. What's he rated number one? He competes in sleeves. Yeah. Never competes in wraps. Yeah. You know, you've seen someone like that do these sort of things. Like, you're just going to follow that sort of trend. Yeah. Well, that's where all the big competitions are in sleeves now. That's where all the money's at over there. Mm. Yeah. So if you're a good enough lifter, then why wouldn't you get paid for it? Yeah, that's Who's, right. What's his name? Uh, Jesus Oliveira? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's, a giant, he's a giant. He's so... His brother's strong too. Is he? Yeah, I saw something about that the mm. other day. Yeah. I think his brother totals over a thousand as well, eh? Yeah. And, and it's uh, like Daniel and I have spoken about this a lot with the Zero Pro. A lot of people are like, oh, just make the Zero Pro mono and wraps. Uh, and it's kind of like, well... I would, my opinion anyway, I don't know if yours is different, Daniel, I think we're on the same page, but I would rather make the comp so good that if you're in a mono with and wraps, you're like, I want to do that comp and I'll do anything. If that means walking out using sleeves or walking out of a combo, I'm going to learn how to do it. Yeah, for Just sure. Just make the comp so inviting that it's impossible to say no to. Yeah, and it gives a bit of variety too. Like if every big comp in Australia is like all big money meets in Australia, if it's all mono lift and wraps, why not throw something different? Monolith and uh, like a combo and sleeves. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But how many people in gyms now like shy away from the monolift? Like 
I know so many people at Southside. It's like, oh, I don't squat them on a lift, whatever. So oh, yeah, man, mo- it's it's weird as like most people in here don't even know how to use the thing. Mm. Yeah, like we've only got one mono at Southside now. Well, I mean, yeah. you used to have how many here? Three. Yeah, you got one now. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's if it was completely up to me, I'd probably put another combo there. Yeah. I I asked someone not long. I, I could be wrong. It could have been Eli. Maybe, for some reason, I think it's Eli. But I asked them to do the gate. Yeah, I th- it might not be Eli, but they said they didn't know, and I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Like, yeah. you've trained here for ages, which is fair enough to not yeah. know. But like for us, we were always doing the gate for each other because we all squat on a mono. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still squat in the mono just for safety. For reasons. safety, yeah. That's literally it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so many like. I don't know, just like you have a couple of side spotters, but like you're squatting 250 plus kilos. Like what are the what are the side spotters going to do? Yeah. Really? I go RPE 10 every week, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fail. There's a 50% Especially chance. Especially when you're squatting so deep like Daniel does. Yeah. It's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could use the combo. Like just hit Pre- the safety. President deep. Yeah. <laughs> do, after, after Steve's accident, do you get a bit funny about squatting? I had to squat two people after Steve. Three people after <laughs> yeah, Steve. I, nah, I think I was okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't worry about it too much. Yeah. I, I didn't even like. I didn't really know. I was sort of so in the zone. I didn't really know what happened. Didn't realize. What I just was saw going him on. fall. I just saw him fall, and I was like, "Oh, I hope he's all right." Yeah. And then like sort of went and saw if he was okay. But then it was only until after it when we started winding down before bench. It was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is Steve doing? He's doing good. He's in good spirits anyway. Yeah. So yeah. He had surgery, so I think it's been two weeks, or maybe a little bit more now since he's had surgery. So yeah. For um, the listeners, that yeah, no, are, two weeks would be right because it was two weeks after the comp. Yeah. yeah, and it's been two weeks this, since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the listeners uh, at home that don't know, Steve Bradshaw he tore his quad, uh, quad tendon. tendon, quad tendon yeah. at Christmas yeah. Cup. He he tore a few other things, like he tore his VM. Yeah, yeah, VM they had to yeah. like cut it and then like reattach it all. They said I could be wrong about this, but I don't know if this is how they do it, Thomas. But they, he said they drilled into his kneecap. Yeah, and then like threading on the end of the tendon and threaded it through his kneecap for yeah. extra strength. Yeah, yeah so then right. like the bone sort mental. of like grafts around, around it. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and technically it should be stronger than than before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's no, he's in good spirits and all that. He's actually going to Fiji, yeah. which is going to be crazy. I thought he went there for Christmas or something. No, he's going there in a, like about a week or so. Yeah. I mean, trying to coax him into coming back into the gym, but he said if he comes back into the gym and injures himself, his wife is so lovely, but she'll break my legs. <laughs> again, she'll dock so, him. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to take that risk. Yeah, far out, far out. All right, well, back to APL stuff then. Um. Shit, what was I going to say? Can't remember. Uh, oh, I was going to mention the the growth as well of juniors and masters. Uh, I know, like, we get asked a lot here about juniors and masters and nationals and whether or not there's going to be separate nationals eventually for them. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, yeah, I mean, we've gotten to a point where we have no choice but to have a separate masters or nationals. Like, with twelve hundred competitors, you know, everybody. Really, it's hard because everybody I'm speaking to that's competed or competing is like, I'm competing to do nationals. Mm. I've competed to do nationals. I just needed to qualify for nationals. There's 1,200 competitors and there's only going to be 230 spots or whatever across the whole weekend. Qualifiers um, getting harder and harder every year. Very hard. I like that though because that's yeah. what a, to me that's what a national what event is. should be. Yeah, exactly. it puts a bit of like prestige behind it. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. I think we've said on the podcast before, like every other like well-established sport, you go to nationals and it's the best of the best. That's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and obviously a small up and coming, like, well, a federation that's grown as much as APL, like at the start, the quality obviously isn't going to be that great because the pool isn't that, uh, yeah, mm. isn't that wide. Yeah. So this is a big reason why we've had to do, um, we can't do qualifying totals because 
mean, the growth is doubling every year, so it's outrageous. But, I mean, with drug tested nationals this year, so what we're looking at is um, 200 and, let's call it 210 competitors across the weekend, just a simple number. So let's say we've got 70 people on each day across three days. Now we need to include masters and juniors and we need to have open lifters. So if we dedicate just the Friday to masters and juniors, then we're looking at one day dedicated to them. So that leaves the rest of the weekend is only 100, 140, 150 lifters. Now, if we break that into men and women, we now have one day of 75, well, they'll be mixed together, but hypothetically, if we've got one day of just females, that's only 75 females that are going to get invited in the open division, only 75 males. We break that down even further. It's roughly about 10 people per weight class, given that the opposite ends of the weight class are going to get a lot less, like there's 40, 52 kilo guys, it's going to be a lot smaller. Heavyweight guys is a lot smaller people as well. But through that middle, that middle of that bell curve, you've only got about 10 people per weight class. So... You need to be like really pushing hard to want to be one of the mm. top 10 to get an invite. Um, so I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, no, nah, just, just doing enough to qualify. I think it's like might need to push a little bit harder. So then like I was saying is that relieves the, the initial day, that 70 people just between the masters and the juniors and we'll split that. There's obviously going to be some masters and some juniors that don't want to compete on the masters and juniors day and they're going to want to spill into the weekend. As they do that, that's going to bring more spots available for just dedicated masters and juniors lifters. But given all that information, like that's not a lot of spots for not a lot of people mm. next year. We want to have it as, you know, we want to get 15 per weight class. So what we're going to have to do is we have no other option, but to host an open nationals and a masters and juniors nationals. So then more open lifters can get invited rather than the top 10. Now we can have the top 15 more, more juniors and more masters lifters can be invited because we've got more of a weekend for it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, not, it's I mean, like, when you say no other option, I mean, that's fantastic. Like, it's yeah. it's so cool that it's at the point. I mean, it's harder for you because you have to then coordinate more big comps, but it's exciting for all the people doing it. The other problem you've got as well is sleeves and wraps. Yeah, so that's true as well. But I think, yeah, that is true. Um, but what I did notice when I was looking at the totals and when I'm looking at the amount of people that are competing, if you've got the top 10, for example, the top five, they're Normally not guaranteed to be wrap lifters. Yeah. A lot of them are sleeve lifters. Yeah. So it's like if you're number 10th and you're the wrap lifter and number 11 is a raw lifter and their total's pretty much the same as yours, they're probably going to overtake you mm. that little bit. But um, I think the worrying about how many sleeves and how many wrap lifters do we need to invite, I think it's a lot, it'll be a lot easier just because so many more people are in wraps and uh, sleeves, sorry, and the, all the stronger lifters seem to be in sleeves. Do you think 2025 the drug tested nationals like open nationals drug tested open nationals. So not juniors masters is likely to be a hundred percent sleeved event. I don't know. Cause then we talked about doing a raw nationals. I think it'd be really cool. Um, but then it gives that space of like where we are a federation that's open to everyone to yeah. compete. Where do the so sleeve where do the oh, uh, Where do the rap people compete? We need to give them a space to compete. Mm. But given that if we could then turn the competition from the top fifth, top 10 to like the top 15 or something, that extra five lifters could um, could allow those people to be rap lifters, for example. Mm -hmm. Because again, the wrapped division is a lot smaller. So... Do you, um, I mean, these are hard questions that I know we haven't even spoken about, but what about then distribution of prize money? Does it then seem, uh, would, it, would it be more fair if you've got more sleeve lifters to distribute more prize money to the sleeve division and the wraps division? So actually, this is what's going to happen at this year's nationals. I think that if we, let's say, let's say we're going to give away $15,000, 
I would like to see, I, w- I believe more money because you can't just pull the rap lifters and the raw lifters together. No. L- let's say we're going to give away $3,000 for first place. I'd like to see more money go to the rap, the raw lifter and then a lot less money go to the rap lifter. But if we announce this next week and people know about it now, these lifters have six months to change their mind. If they want to chase the money and they really want to go after it, switch to sleeves. Yeah. But it's not fair to be giving so much more money to a division that is just so much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a question that I've been wondering, and I wonder what you guys think about this. Let's say, for example, we had $15,000 to give away. Would you rather see a massive chunk for first place and nothing for second and third? Or would you rather see a smaller division between first, second, and third? So like what we're just talking about, wraps and sleeves. Let's say we've got, um, we'll ignore Masters and Juniors for a minute. Let's say you've got, um, do you do first, second, and third raw, first, second, and third wraps? And that's going to then be distributed over male and female as well. So $15,000 is going to whittle down a lot more. Yeah. Or do you do first place raw, first place wraps, male and female, obviously, and distribute the money that way? So you're going home with, say, $4,000 as a first place raw lifter. I... I I like the I like it where first, second, and third get uh, prize money for raw and wraps. Yes, yeah. I just like that because uh, this is how I've uh, worked it on my head. It just drives more competition because I, I feel I like people won't be fighting for second and third place when yep. it's only first place. Like there's no uh, besides yep. a number being next to your name and on open powerlifting whatever. There's no real merit to it. Yeah. So I, like I feel like uh you know cuz you know we saw some really cool battles. We've seen lots of really cool battles at comps that we've been at where people have been battling it out for third place. Yep. Uh we saw it at the Zero Pro like Josh Decour and Darwin and that mm. battling out for third place. We even saw at Nationals or Worlds last year and the Masters. Yep. Uh yeah, David for, doing fourth deadlifts and stuff. Yeah, like going that. for third like, these guys have gone for third place and that drove competition. And I get it. You know, you could argue that it's going to drive competition. Everyone's going to gun for that first place. But I feel like in uh, so far at the moment, like uh, with who we've seen come through the federation, first place is quite a wee way away uh, for some people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Tom Hardy, he's he's too far ahead for some people. Some people, when they know they're versing Tom Hardy, they're not trying to beat him. They just want to come second or third. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's what I think. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, I think it just drives the same thing. It just drives the competition. Like you see people going for third deadlifts to try and get third place because they want to win some money. Mm. Whereas like. It'll probably still happen, but it gives more of an incentive for people to make a bigger jump and go for a bigger risk if there's more mo- if there's money to be had. I I definitely agree that the prize money for wrap should be lower than sleeves. I think it should be done based on like percentages of numbers uh, for sure. Like if there's a far greater percentage of people fighting it out for the sleeves, that should be reflected in in the money that's coming in. A little bit on the fence about the first, second, third thing. I think definitely in the sleeves, I'd prefer first, second, third. But if we look at, say, for example, last year, I know you said forget Masters and Juniors for a sec, but Masters and Juniors is like overall Masters, overall Juniors. Mm. Uh, if wraps is that small, because I actually do think it's going to go in the other direction. I think it will get smaller and smaller. I think wraps should kind of fade into that and just be first overall. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we don't do prizes for second and third, uh, but money... Uh, it, things make, things get interesting when money gets involved. Yeah, because, I mean, you might have the whole weekend. Again, ignoring Masters and Juniors, we're just going to call it the Open 150 Lifters. There will be prize money for Masters and Juniors, for anyone wondering where we're going with <laughs> yes. this. Um, but we're just ignoring that for a second. Um, yeah, if you've only got 20 rat lifters over the course of the weekend, across male and female, are you going to give them first, second, and third? <laughs> 
like that's, yeah. Yeah, that's six right. out of what twenty people. Yeah, that's just right. your money just for turning up. And then it's like you get what do you get like a hundred bucks for first place? Just, just to come up, you know, like mm. a comparison at the moment. It's it's going on forever, but the WNBA, um, they're always. Uh, I'm not trying to say complaining, but they're always you know talking about equality and not getting paid as much as the NBA players, but they're not generating anywhere near as much profit as the NBA is. So. You know, the NBA is playing 82 games a season, a regular season, then playoffs on top of that. So they're just, you know, they're generating views. There's lots of TV time. There's lots of, ad, however you make money. But the WNBA, there's not that many teams. So they can't make as much money. Uh, I don't know how many games. How many games do they play a season, CJ? The WNBA. Mm. I, I, I don't think it's even 40 games. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's Maybe that's the similar kind of thing with the wraps versus sleeves. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like it's not generating enough uh, interest. Yeah, for it to warrant. Nah. But the, I mean like, yeah. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying 100%. But I hope that people listening to this highlights the fact of how difficult Daniel's job is. Yeah. <laughs> because not only is it taking into all the logical factors, but also thinking of the emotions of the lifters and how can you satisfy people because uh, people make noise. Like every everyone's got opinion uh, opinions on exactly how it should be, and no matter what you do, someone's going to be upset about it. Especially again when there's money involved. Exactly. Like when yeah. there's a chance yeah. to, when there's a chance to win money, then like yeah. I, I think of here, you know, even Christmas Cup, uh, certain divisions had less than three or four people in it, and we have to make the decision: do we do we give out medals f- that are participation medals if there was no real competition, uh, and. It, it can be hard sometimes because there there are decisions that you make as a meet director where you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I've got a competition with 25 people. I'm not gonna do weight classes. That doesn't make sense. I'll do overall. Well, then do you do overall if you got drug tested and non tested sleeves and wraps out of that 20 people, or do you just go overall? Which is an unfair comparison, but it's also like a local competition. Do you really want participation medals? And then you've got the camp of people who are like, I really want my medal, I really want my record. And then you've got the camp of people that it's like, no, it should be a proper competition. I used to hate getting medals. So when I was in the 140s, I was the only one in Canberra doing the 140s. Mm. And I used to get a gold medal and I used to total 700 or whatever it was at 140. And it's like, sick, thanks. <laughs> we, won, we won, baby. At Worlds, <laughs> oh, Toby yeah. had the worst competition ever. He was having a terrible comp. And then he like missed his second deadlift and your third deadlift. I only got my opener. <laughs> I only got <laughs> his opener. Right. But I noticed no one else had done deadlift only in his division. And they were giving out medals for everything because it was Worlds. So I checked the box to say that he competed in deadlift only. And nice. then at the end of the day, <laughs> they so gave him a deadlift only medal. So I was the world deadlift champion world with deadlift a champion. 270 opening deadlift. And he was having... Like, <laughs> he was so with, the, with, the eight, the with, with the eighth biggest deadlift in my... <laughs> Hold the phone. We, we had to pay for those medals. <laughs> you, can have, so, you can have it back if you want. I really He was want so it. angry. It was so good. I had, to, I had to stay up there. Like, what the fuck is this for? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it in your Instagram bio. World Deadlift Champion 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, should, I should do it. I should do it. Uh, well, you could argue that because lots of like deadlift champions, all the best deadlifters, you could argue they all go one from three. Yeah. So I mean, if you go through, if you go nine for nine, you didn't try. Isn't yeah, that what yeah. Saying? That's right. It's like Yuri Belkin will go one for three, two for three on deads. Yeah. But so I'm pretty much Yuri Belkin. Pretty much. The Kara version. How flattering. Mm. How flattering for Yuri that he's compared to me. <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> compare Yuri to Toby. Toby's got an ass. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. I was Yuri, about to say, Yuri's got Toby's no glutes. got glutes. <laughs> How wild is it Yuri's got no glutes? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But yeah, hard question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my opinion is first, second, third for sleeves open and then first overall for other divisions. Yeah. 
I'm thinking it's not a bad idea. The other thing, bench only, deadlift only. As the federation yes. grows, it's like single ply, single ply as well. Um, these people need a place to have an outlet to do nationals, but with the competitiveness of nationals, it makes sense to have a third nationals that includes all of that. Well, For sure. Actually, I did a single lift comp last year. Where's my oh, middle? Oh yeah, bench only. Yeah. Oh, me too. You only got your opener too, didn't you? Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's 300 of them downstairs if you want one. <laughs> no, I'm good. It's weird being on the other side of it because they then have no value. Like when yeah. we've got 300 medals sitting downstairs, it's yeah. just like, you have a medal, you have a medal. But when <laughs> yeah. you earned it and you comp, like, this is my medal. Yeah. I earned it. Yeah, like I got given a comp, a medal at the last comp at Christmas Cup. And I was like, oh, wow, I've won this medal. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got literally 1,700 <laughs> back in storage. I think that with the trophies. But it like, does mean a lot more. Yeah, it does. Like, I think yeah. that with the trophies, when people get the trophies and they're like real pumped to get them, I'm like, Man, I went and picked them up a week ago. Like, I, yeah. you know, they mean, uh, I guess that's what it is though. They all mean nothing. Yeah, well, I, I have my Nationals medal at home on the bench somewhere. But like, that means something to me that I have that one medal there. I have about 30 more of the exact same medal at the gym. <laughs> but that one medal yeah. that... It, I got given that one at home. That actually means more to me. Mm. I used to write yeah. my numbers in my total on the back of the medals as well. Yeah, as like a bit cool. of a memory with the date on it. And then I started going shit at comps and then I stopped doing it. I'll yeah. get my mum to send me a photo. Every now and again, my mum will like send me uh, photos or send me a video of all my medals as a kid. Oh, yeah. So she collected all my trophies, all my medals. Yep. And there's fucking, there's so many of them. And it's a cool photo. Under 10's best and fairest. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, some yeah. of them are from like under 7's. Yeah, so yeah. good. Yep. I've still got all mine from from because i didn't win anything as a kid i had my certificates and medals are like first place speech competition that's oh, it. Le oh, legit but like i've still got my first pa medal out there it's hanging over the over the balcony thing mum sent me a photo the other day of my old like green headgear that i used to wear playing footy and like my oh, old shoulder pads and nice. like and shit like that bro i used to run the shoulder pads i'd cream headgear yeah and i'd the gloves yeah yeah that's it i found the shoulders that's what his shoulders used to look like. Holy. Whoa. How cooked is that? <laughs> Young Toby. Young Toby. How old are you, Toby? That was when it was improved. Oh, yeah. big improvements. I, I used to love seeing your videos of you and your homemade monolift. Oh, man. That was actually Thomas's idea. Oh, the ghetto monolift. So I was going to buy... Um, my brother actually owns a gym in Cara, and um, he just has like a Force USA power rack or whatever. And I was going to buy the monolift attachments that you can get with him. And Thomas was like... Ah, oh, fuck that. Just like push the rack forward. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, can you do that? He's like, yeah, it's pretty ghetto, but you make it work. So I just used to pick it up and my brother Sam used to come and help me out and he used to just tip the rack forward. We used to put some death metal music on and on a Sunday morning I used to squat. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, it was so cool. He just tip the rack forward and then I'd squat and then he'd like tip it back. So yeah. does your brother, does he powerlift as well? No. So, oh, actually Sam's done a novice comp. I've got three, I've got three older brothers. Mm -hmm. um, Sam's done he was a novice comp. Um, in Canberra, he did one. He didn't go too bad, um, but everyone lifts weights, and like my brother Ryan actually owns a gym. So, when you um, say you've mentioned Canberra a few times, is Canberra like the nearest major? Like yeah, so Canberra was two and a half hours away. Mm -hmm. So that was just the easiest place. I used to compete at Burley down there. It was just the easiest place to go because I could travel four hours and compete in Sydney. But it was like Canberra was like I could just drive there in the morning and then drive home. Yeah, if I really wanted to, so I used to stay the night sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we used to have to do the ghetto mono thing at comps all around the place. Even at some worlds. Like, you'd go to worlds and they'd have power racks in the warm-ups. Maybe, like, one mono. 
And they'd be tilting them in the warm-up rooms at competitions. For, yeah, for GPC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one Isn't that mental the barrier of entries changed? Yeah, the, the first Worlds I ever went to, we warmed up on a uh, squat bar for deadlifts. Uh, the <laughs> oh, well, I was just yeah, I was trying <laughs> yeah, to register yeah. what just happened then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, there was one deadlift bar in the warm-up room and there was like Russians and stuff and like it, w- we were benching. We One of us put the, the bar back and these three Russian guys came up, took all the plates off and just started benching and just sort of like, we're here now. Okay, cool. We'll go find another bench. And so there was one one deadlift bar in the warm-up room and it was quite a hostile environment. So we warmed up to almost our last warm-up on a de- uh, squat bar and then we just managed to sneak in one set on the deadlift bar. And then they had one mono, a broken mono, and then the third rack was one of those like commercial gyms. You know where it's got like the spotter arms that are like that high and then it slopes and it's oh, got the, yeah, the yeah. pins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one of them. So it would like <laughs> unrack, push the rack forward, do the squat and then pull it back. Fire out. Yeah, it's ghetto ass. So I was just thinking of that, like to run. Uh, and then people come to our comps. They're like, are there, are there any 1.25s here? <laughs> come on. Yeah. That's not even calibrated. That Alico is version one, not version yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about this before. It's like, if we're going to host nationals, we need four identical monos, yeah. four identical benches. I'm not using the Alico with the white cap on it. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's crazy. Cause I remember Karen Hinch went and did a comp somewhere else. Yeah, in Tassie. Yeah, yeah, and he was complaining about the equipment. I'm like, bro, you do realize it's like that everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like zero, z- you're pretty lucky to train at zero where we have, uh, you know, we've got multiple combos, multiple power bars, multiple deadlift bars, but multiple, not even- Multiple everything. Yeah, not every gym has that. And Kieran was like, I was, I was like, bro, that's fucking, that's pretty normal to go do that at a comp. Yeah, mm. yeah it really doesn't matter. I mean, if you're in the warm-up room and there's a different bar or a different rack or a different cage, you just kind of make it work. Like- mm the end of the day, not everything has to be perfect every single time. I think that's where some people get stuck is when it's like they have to do – I remember some people, they'll like open on 170 or something like that, and it's like I have to do 152.5 warm-up, 147 <laughs> yeah. warm-up, yeah. 122.5 warm-up. It's like just do whatever's on there. But that's yeah. what I – like when people were like to me, uh, I've had I've handled some people, like their coach will send me their warm-ups. Yeah. I don't even look at it. Eh? I'm like, ah. Oh. Just warm no, up. I'm the worst. It's like how many should I do? Ah, just do five. Mm. <laughs> just do five. Yeah. Ah, do three. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I think people will like over exaggerate how yeah, you don't your warm-ups don't need to be that close. I think you can just do whatever works. Well, lots of powerlifters are so meticulous with everything, like what they wear on yeah. certain training days, yeah. their equipment, which bench they use and yeah. Yeah. they're a you'll, lot easier to rattle you'll, on. You'll combat. never catch me wearing a soft suit in the gym. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Yeah. I think like yeah. And then when you listen to all these big powerlifters that are doing like crazy numbers and stuff and you listen to their history and their story, they've got all the same stories like I was just, you know, walking out my squats from this ghetto rack with this ghetto bar and I was still squatting three hundred at the time and XYZ and they're like, Yeah, now I squat in an Alico combo or a, a monolift with this pr- proper bar with this proper plates because I'm squatting four hundred kilos and there's like thirty thousand dollars prize money on the line. Like it's a big thing, but like coming up they were just using whatever they had. Like yeah. You know, well, it just makes me think of like the Islanders, like Vagi training in PNG at Dusty's gym. It's like 30 people on a rack and they just go one at a time from like 40 kilos up to 300, strip the bar, then everyone does the next set, next set. Crazy. They all wear, they all share knee sleeves as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. Take off a belt each set, pass the next person, take off the sleeves, pass the next person, weightlifting shoes, pass the next person. It's fucking cool. But at the same time, it's like, it's cool that we've created this for people so they can have everything. I was just about to say, but and at the same time, I'm very grateful that I can, when I go to the gym at three or four in the afternoon, 
There's a combo rack available. Yeah. There's a nice bar available. There's nice plates for available. Yep. It's nice to have these things. But if push comes to shove and you get stuck in a pickle, like you can use what you use, but it's good that we have that opportunity to yeah. choose what we want to use. That's yeah. a good feeling knowing, uh, you know, Tom Bro and Daniel, you guys have created this problem yourselves. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. How very do you much. supply uh, the population and the members of our facilities uh, amazing equipment to train on? Exactly. Mm. Well, hopefully Nationals is going to be decked out with equipment because at the Zero Pro, we ordered all <laughs> custom equipment. All said uh, Zero and APL, like all the branding and stuff all over it, all brand new, color matching, everything. And it arrived two days after the competition. Perfect. Yeah. The <laughs> ty- typhoon over in... <laughs> In the ocean somewhere that slowed the container down. Oh, uh, yeah, the, typh- the typhoon. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, same old story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll better wrap it up. Any uh, any last words, boys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It was Fuck good. On. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks, boys. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.